Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Well, hey, everyone, welcome. Today, I'm joined with two of my best friends. I've got Glenn Batson, the Rally Pastor in Clemson, and my fellow Commonwealth brother from the UK, Finn Sheridan, who is leading our discipleship ministry. Fellas, are you ready for today? Ready, ready, ready. excited. Uh, how does it feel to be overtaken by us Australian UK brothers? I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little jealous of, of y'all's accent. I got to be honest. Yeah, my mom's, like the, my mom's gonna love yours though. That's yeah. the thing. It's yeah. just the boring Southern. Hey, we love you Americans. It's okay. But we are here today to have a conversation about prayer. I'm really asking the question about what is prayer? Why should why should we pray? Is it even important? Um, maybe some misconceptions. And so we're going to dive into this conversation today. Uh, and I'd just love to hear from both of you. Maybe some of uh, your experiences with prayer. And so Finn, I'll start with you. So if you you want to. Firstly, unpack to us what is prayer, sure. and from there, give us some of your experiences with prayer growing up. Yep. I think for me, as I think about prayer, my, my definition is always evolving because it's always changing because I'm always learning who God is more. Uh, and it's funny, isn't it? Because you kind of have this, you always want a one-liner, you always want a like a statement, prayer is this or prayer is that, but actually prayer is just is everything we do when it's con- connecting with God. Mm. It's just about relationship with God, and prayer is the means <clears throat> Like both scripturally and in like our Christian lives, that God's given us to be able to connect with Him. Uh, so I, th- I think like there's more to prayer than I've ever realized before at this stage of my life, yeah. and I know less about prayer than I've ever realized, yeah. and yet I'm more full of faith and more believing that it's actually the thing that matters. It's the way that I can have like a relationship with God, if we're going to use that phrase. That's great. That's great. What, what about for you, Glenn? What, what does your journey with prayer look like? Yeah, I, I may more have more of the one-liner answer of just like prayer is, is intimacy with God. It's conversation with God. I, I think for me, I realized like because prayer is intimacy and that's the main goal in prayer that I can have you know, instead of just asking God for things, because that used to be my prayer life. It was like me just asking God this laundry list of things that, that I need him to do for me. And what I'm going to realize is like, if, if I have intimacy with God, uh, or if I have everything I need, everything I'm asking God, but I don't have intimacy with him, I'm missing the point, yeah. right? And it's like, if I don't, in my circumstances, the thing I'm asking for, if I don't have any of those things, but I have intimacy with God, it's a win. Mm-hmm. And so, man, for me, it's, <clears throat> it's understanding like my main goal, the ends of, 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 of prayer is, is face-to-face communion with God. That's awesome. So Finn, as for you growing up, and, and, and obviously you have a different context, you lived in a different culture, I'd love right. to hear some of your story and your journey with prayer. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in a super um, different, not Southern Baptist context, right? Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit. Pentecostal with, brothers. Pentecostal <laughs> brothers. So the church in the UK, by default, is a bit more charismatic anyway. It's a little bit more free-flowing. It's definitely smaller. Um, so I grew up in a context where prayer was a regular part of like Sunday expressions. It wasn't simply um, kind of something you did privately, but it was something you did corporately as well. There would be times of prayer like built into a service. And I went to a Christian, like semi-Christian school, maybe not totally Christian school like we'd have here, but so then there was liturgy and there was Church of England stuff. And so that meant that prayer was just kind of part of how we grew up. And I'd always been really grounded in the scriptures. My parents made sure that I was really about the Bible, but prayer was something I kind of had to do on my own, had to figure out on my own. And I remember just always feeling like it was an area I was failing in. It was always an area where I was like, okay, I'm I'm great biblically, 
Okay, morally. And then, and then, like, We're trying. I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah, Most of the best. time, trending in the right direction. Uh, and then when it comes to prayer, like, oh, always could do better. Yeah. Always kind yeah, of yeah. making a C, but not really feeling like oh, I'm thriving. Mm-hmm. And I remember, we were just talking about this, there's this moment in 2016, so it's not that long ago, when I was walking home from work and I pulled out my phone to tweet something about prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was part of a church at the time, on a leadership team at the church at the time, and so I was just thinking, I'm gonna tweet this thing about prayer. And I remember just as I'm typing it out, just feeling God say to me, you're more interested with being known about being a person of prayer than you are actually having a prayer life. Yeah. It's just so convicting to me, because I think prayer life is the thing you can't fake. Yeah. Like you can open your, and this is, rife everywhere in the South. You open your Bible, you have your cup of coffee, you read something, you don't ingest it, you don't do anything with it, you take a picture of it, you post it, and then, like, I did my quiet time, I did my time with God. And that's fine, none of those things are inherently bad on their own, but I don't think you can fake a prayer life. Like, you either have one or you don't. Yeah, there's no in-between. There's no in-between. And that shouldn't lead you to, while I'm constantly failing, that should lead you to, what am I going to do with that? If I'm going to take following God seriously, if I'm going to take this Christian life seriously, I have to, you can't fake something and God can't deal with something unless you come to a reality with it. And that moment for me was just a reality of you want to be known for this thing more than you have it, but you have an opportunity to have one. Beautiful. And that could be the real thing. And I'm an Enneagram 4, so like real is very important to me. Love it. So that was just a a wake-up call for me. And, And ever since then, God's taken me on a journey of prayer and maybe we'll get into that in a bit, but that was that was pivotal for me. Yeah, and, and Glenn, I'd love for you, for you to speak to people in context who maybe they, they've thought about prayer as a nice idea, and, and but, but the reality is it feels hard, it feels challenging, or maybe you don't even think it's important. Why, why has prayer become important to you? Yeah, one, one because it's intimacy with God, but <clears throat> man, I, I believe prayer, it, it's important to me because it like releases, releases power in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. I believe, you see that all throughout scripture, that it is, the, it is the way that power is released. It's the way you fight spiritual warfare. It's the way that um, people get healed. It's the, it, it is the means to releasing power. And so, um, it's, it's very opposite story of like, I grew up in the, the traditional Southern Baptist where it was like, to be honest, man, prayer was boring. And so we didn't, corporate prayer was everyone gets quiet, bows their head, and it's like, I just, like, I want to go to sleep. This is, this is a bit awkward. What am I doing? And so I grew up, man, complete opposite, um, not really feeling like I had to get better at prayer because I was like, I don't even want to pray because yeah, this, sure. this is just a bit weird. And so going off of that, with prayer in the South being kind of this laundry list of things, I'd love to ask you, man, like, where do you start? How do you pray? Because in the, in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, right, Jesus says, I want you to do two things. I want you to identify God as Father, right. and I want you to hallow or, or revere or, or bless his name. And so can you kind of unpack what, yeah, sure. what that means and what that looks like? How, how do you begin to pray apart from just asking God to do things for you? Yeah, I heard someone else, I was going to credit it to me, but then I realized, like, integrity is so You can go for I it. Heard, well, I always like to say, <laughs> no, no. I, I heard someone else say once that the extent to which we believe the first part is the extent to which we believe the, the rest of the Lord's Prayer. So the extent to which you identify Father mm. and how you think about that really does depend on whether you're going to mean the rest. Because yeah. uh, the reason you don't have a prayer life or the reason your prayer life feels dry or struggling is always to do with how your perception of God is. Mm-hmm. Like, So we're really good friends. I have no problem telling Josh good stuff, bad stuff, boring stuff, what, like whatever. Could we, we have a friendship and a relationship. If I didn't believe Josh cared about me, I wouldn't share that stuff. Right. Like we'd be more formal, we'd be more scripted, it would be a work environment. And the same is true of God. Like the belief that you have about God is the thing that your prayer life is hinging on. 
So if you want a better prayer life, you do have to just start praying. Like, there's no shortcut or magic spell or formula. But you have to really identify, why don't I want to pray? And what do I actually believe about God? And that's why community is so important. That's why being discipled, having mentors, all that sort of stuff is so important because you'll find people who can help you identify, man, it's not that I don't want to pray. I do want to pray. Yeah. It's that I don't actually believe God likes me, is listening, is powerful enough to... Like, it's, there's theological beliefs that are always underneath mm-hmm. why we don't pray. And I think that's the, that's the key to starting to pray is to yeah. identify those things. And can you, and can you, just on the back end of that, of like, <clears throat> again, hallowing God's name, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you don't get the petition of daily bread and your physical needs until you bless his name. Sure. You know, that's what the Lord's Prayer, that's how it starts. And so unpack, what does it mean to hallow his name or, or bless his name at the beginning of your, of your prayer life? Yeah, I think for me, it just always begins with, with gratitude. And that's very rarely about something that I'm like, God, thank you that I got given a car this week. Like, those are the exceptions rather than the rules. But if yeah. I could start with, God, thank you that I'm alive. Yeah. Thank you that, by and large, I'm probably in somewhere safe. I'm not in a... At a crisis, I'm not in a bad situation. God, yeah. there's attributes about you that are always going to be true, that you're faithful, that you're kind, that you're loving. And you see it all the way through Scripture, right? The, the prayers of the Psalms and the prayers of people of faith. They're always saying things that are true even if they don't feel them. Mm-hmm. And if you only thank God for things that are true when you feel them, it's, it's never really true gratitude. Yeah. It's circumstantial. So you've got to, like David talks about this. He talks about like, no, I'm going to tell my soul, rejoice in the Lord, be glad, be thankful. And if, because God never changes, because who he is is consistent and true, we can always access that regardless of good day, bad day. And that really comes down to, again, like belief about God. Because if, if you only pray when you're having a good day or you only pray when you're in a crisis, yeah. like you don't actually believe God's interested Which in your to, life. Again, that was me growing up. It yeah. was like when things were going bad, I, God was, you know, in the doghouse, which is crazy to think that someone can put God in the doghouse. But that was my mindset. And it was like when, you know, when things were going good, I would be thankful and I'd, and I'd praise God. And it's like, that's not how it works. Right. <clears throat> but I feel like so many people in the South and in Southern church culture, that's how they treat their prayer life with, with God. Yeah, so I, I would love to go even one step further and even break it down practically. If someone who's like, okay, this, this sounds good. Like, like I'm, I can kind of see the necessity for prayer. But sure. if, if you were sitting across the table from someone at this table and you would say, hey, here's how to pray. Because maybe someone thinks you're throwing a Hail Mary. There's a crisis. Oh, God, come and rescue me, whatever. Sure. Maybe it's your wish list like at Christmas time. How do you physically tangibly in reality pray yeah I think the first thing to say is that there's nothing necessarily wrong with those like that's the if you if you throw up a Hail Mary prayer once in a while like that's okay that's a start I'm doing that that's a that's a a start it's better than nothing and if you're constantly thinking well I either have to be a desert father who's able to intercede for three days in a row (laughs) or a Hail Mary there's nowhere in between then you'll constantly feel like you're failing but I think when it comes to how to start praying I mean, the scriptures are a great place to start. Like, I was talking about this with, this with someone this week. Like, op- find your favorite psalm and read it out loud to God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's prayer. Like, that's, you've got to Beautiful. stretch and expand your definition. So you've got, like, the psalms are called Jesus' prayer book because of how often he prays them and quotes them. So you've got scriptures to start with. Yeah. I personally, I have a, an app that gives me uh, a prayer to pray every morning. Mm-hmm. And there's three different types of... Um, there's a morning, evening, uh, midday prayer. And it pings on my Apple Watch and just reminds me and it pulls me back. And like when I wake up at first in the morning, I don't always feel like praying. I don't yeah. feel like I want to. I don't feel hungry for God. I feel 
more thirsty for coffee and more thinking about my day and I've got to let the dog out and all that sort of stuff. But if I sit there and I open this app and I pray out these words, there's something about formation that's just consistent and not sexy, but it gets me to a place where my heart feels a bit warmer and then it's like, okay, well, you're right, God, you are, you are loving, you are here, I, you do forgive me, you do want me. And you just do that again and again and again, you can't fail, and then you'll look back in six months and you'll say, man, I've got more yeah, of a prayer than I had. That, yeah. You've grown, exactly. But if you're constantly measuring it day by day by day by day by day, yeah. you'll be exhausted and you'll be discouraged. That's great. And I think a big thing for me that I've learned, because I, I maybe had like a similar story growing up in somewhat charismatic uh, church, but I, I would feel this weight of shame because I, I would compare what I would perceive other people with a great quote-unquote prayer life. Sure. And I'm like, I, I'm trying this for 30 seconds and my mind's drifting off and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I think some of those principles of, yeah, every morning now I'll sit down, open up a psalm and use that verse by verse and, and, and giving thanks and praise to God. And over time, this becomes more of a habit and something you actually desire to do rather than something that ah, I'm really struggling with and it's something you can grow yeah. in. Um, so I, I would love to even go one step further of, okay, we're, we're, we now have some degree of context of how to pray. What would you say to people who, who life is busy, life is full, there's a lot going on, off to school, off to class, got to study, and maybe it's, okay, I like the idea of prayer, but, but how do I tangibly do this throughout my day? What, what does that look like yeah, for you guys? To, to, to add to that question of like, man, I, I work obviously with so many young adults, but college students, Clemson University students who, Man, their day is is filled with class. Their day is filled with sororities, fraternities. They love social media. They love Netflix. And right, none of those are great excuses to put in front of God. Sure. But reality is that is they have just a million life. things in front of them, everyday life. And so, just added to that question, how do you navigate when when there's so many different distractions in front of a young adult? There's just not a hack. Like you either do it or you don't. Yeah. And I think when I think about. I that's just, great, I just, and I think that's just what young adults need to hear, is like, there's no... Right, because you've, uh, all Netflix shows have gone out my mind right now, but like, you probably found time to rewatch The Last Airbender. Bingo. And just reminisce, like, so when it, when it comes down to it, you probably have got time. The choice is, what do I actually believe about this thing? Yep. Like, does, do, when I say, like, Jesus is my Lord, yep. what it's does that mean? Is he actually Lord or is he conveniently packaged yep. into the segment of my life that I've decided to give him? Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't watch The Last Airbender because The Last Airbender is fine. Amazing. The last, well, I don't even know. Airbender. Okay. Do you know what that is? Nicodemus. No, Nick, I didn't really What's it called? I can't remember what it was, but I remember it was a pivotal moment. My wife just watched life. it right now. That was a good excuse for me to okay. like just go and pray Shout out to hours. Danny. <laughs> but no. But there's, but there's seriously some reality to Are you going to prioritize it or are you not? Yeah. And if you are, then there's all sorts of ways you can get better at it. If you're not, that's fine. Like, that's a choice you can make. Mm -hmm. But you just have to reckon with that. You just have to acknowledge that that's the case. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to take the conversation now around the thought of if, if someone's listening to this, like, man, I'm in, I want to pray, but how can they go from prayer being the last resort, the thing that they go to last, and start to become prayers their first response? Like, I want to pray first. How can they do that? You've got to ask God to light in you a desire for prayer. Yeah. Like I talk to, if I can pull back the curtain on my prayer life, I talked about God about our relationship more than I talked to him about anything else. Mm. Because most of the time, my flesh, my mind, who I, like my defaults, none of those things want to pray. None of those things want to go towards God in prayer. So I ask God more than I'm praying, God help me be a 
person of prayer, help me to want you. Like the man says to Jesus, I believe God, help my unbelief. Yeah. And so the, the, the way you do that is you start asking God to help you pray. That's mm. the whole point of the Holy Spirit, yeah. is to reveal who Jesus is. And when you see Jesus, you can't help but think, well, I want to be about you. Mm-hmm. Like your beauty, I want to be about your grace, I want to be about your power, I want to be about your lifestyle, I want to be about your kingdom, I want to see it come to earth. And so if you're going to do that, you have to go to the Holy Spirit and say, help me. And God loves it. God loves it when we ask him to do things with us that will produce the fruit of the Spirit, the life of the Spirit, the life of the kingdom in our lives. And so asking God to help you is the first step. That's great. And believing he will. Yes, and amen to that. I remember when I first kind of begin to ask God, hey, I, I want to take my prayer life to another level. And my flesh didn't want to pray. I didn't want to wake up, up, up early like you were saying. And God, God answered that prayer. And I just remember him stoking this flame in me that this desire was pre- just produced in me to want to take my prayer life to the next level. And so yes and amen on that. I think the second thing is realize, realizing as a follower of Jesus, it's your job to bring the kingdom. And so one of the ways we do that is through prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's realizing, man, our world is so divided. There's so much animosity and tension. And part of the way you're going to see reconciliation, you're going to see um, racial reconciliation, and you're going to see the kingdom of God brought from heaven to earth is partnering with God in prayer. And so I think it's a realization of like, man, I am am an ambassador. I am a, I've given this ministry of reconciliation, and God wants to use me and partner with me to build his kingdom in that the connection for that is through prayer. It's beautiful. I think something even for me that, that has just been stirring within me is like, what, what are you thirsty for? What, what are the things in life that you want to see take place? Do you want to have a successful career? Do you want to make a whole bunch of money? Do you want to do these things? Which is, which is not, not necessarily anything wrong in those things, but, but does God sit in his rightful seat in your life? Is, is there a longing in your heart to see God's kingdom come, to, to see a great outworking of the Holy Spirit and ultimately seeing cities shaken by the presence of God and truly seeing God at work in that. And so, Finn, I'd love to hear from you just some of your personal journey of how is this desire built up within you over time? And maybe sometimes it's been hard, but how is this built over a period of time? Yeah, I just... I, the hunger piece is so massive. The ability to, like, that's the thing you should ask, you should beg God for. Is God keep me hungry because... We can get lulled to sleep. We get lulled to sleep by wanting to be financially secure or by uh, just relationships or even by church mm-hmm. or even by like what we've got going on in college or beginning a career. That just lulls us to sleep. And if you can stay hungry, if you can keep an edge of God, I, I believe in you and I want to see the things of God in my life. Like that's the most precious thing about you. That's the thing you should cultivate as a young adult is hunger for God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when you're talking about, wow, I want to see a city shifted or I want to impact Clemson or I want to see uh, all my friends come to know God or I want to do something amazing for God in my life, the, the first place that God does that is in the place of prayer in a surrendered heart. Like, put it on the table and find as many places as you can to put everything you've got on the table and repeat. Like, that's something we didn't talk about that I want to get back to earlier. Like, repetition in prayer is essential. Yeah. Like, you, it's all fine to say, God, I want you and then like move on to a different prayer the next day. But are you begging God? Are you saying, God, I've got to have your presence with me. I need who you are. I say the same, like even practically, I say the same phrases to God every single day. He's not bored of them, 
because I'm, tell, I'm moving my spirit, I'm taking my inner man, as like the scriptures call it, into alignment with the kingdom of God, with what I know to be really true. And I think when we, when we do that, when we repeatedly, over time, surrender everything we've got, put it all on the table, push the chips in, that's when a city starts to get impacted. That's when a friendship group starts to move. It's one person who's saying, I'm going to be about the things of God again and again and again and again. Yeah, and we have to feel the weight of if we want to see, quote unquote, God do big things right. and, and, and we want to see cities shaken, but it ha- we have to first be shaken ourselves yeah. with the presence of God yeah, and pursuing Him above all things and out of that, let that be the overflow that trickles into our friendships and our communities and everything, but we ourselves first must be shaken by God. No doubt. I, I want to go one step further now and, and, and let's get practical. Mm-hmm. Let, let, what, what does this tangibly look like in the day in, day out of what we're doing in our prayer lives? So Finn, any, any encouragement you just want to give to some young adults right now? Yeah, I just... Having a prayer, like, having a prayer life that feels great is not something you should overanalyze. Mm-hmm. You should not just be constantly evaluating, am I doing well, am I not doing well? You should just get on and do it and then look back over several months and say, am I trending in the right direction? Because otherwise we're going to be too hard on ourselves. We're going to be, like I talked about in the beginning, just always thinking, man, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. And that leads to... Nine times out of ten paralysis, we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Do things that feel really natural to you. Like if you connect with God in nature, build that into your schedule. If you connect with God by uh, worship music, build that into your prayer time. If you connect with God through the scriptures, build that into your prayer time. See it all as prayer and do that, do that, do that, do that. And then do things that feel stretching to you. So I, I went on this journey with God where I didn't feel comfortable about being able to be in silence and stillness. That's not my default, I don't enjoy it, but I massively connect with God in the car or walking. So I'm gonna do lots and lots of that and then I'm gonna do the thing that feels difficult. So I train my muscle memory in the things of God in ways that feel natural and instinctive and like God's given me a prayer life in my car that's awesome but I'm also gonna do things that are stretching that I know to be true about prayer that are important, things like stillness, solitude. Now, if you're the other way, you love being quiet, you love being still, maybe your thing is gonna be, okay, I'm gonna do lots of that, but I'm gonna do 25% of praying out loud, walking around places, intercession that looks different from what it might be default is, so that we can have a well-rounded expression of prayer. Beautiful. What about you, Glenn? Yeah, for me, man, personally, like <clears throat> something I do in prayer that could be helpful for young adults is <clears throat> I think of it, and this is kind of crazy, so just go there with me, but I think of it as like circles that start small and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so for me, I'll always start by revering God and thanking God and being thankful for, for who he is. And then from there, I move on to myself and I'm praying for God, kill my flesh God, I need, here's, some, here's some things that I'm, I'm working through that I'm, I'm dealing with sin or I'm battling with my, in my marriage or, or whatever it may, may be. And so I go from praying, you know, thanking God to praying, God, I, I need you to, to kill this sin in my life. And then I go from there, I kind of expand the circle to, hey, rally, God, here's some things with rally that I'm praying through that I, that I need help with and that, that I need your, your grace on and I need your wisdom and insight on. And then I'll go from there to praying for, to Josh and, and my friends and my family. And then from that, I'll go for praying for the world and coronavirus and all these things. And so it's really like this circle of prayer where it's like I start, I start here and I keep going out. And, it's, and I think it's just a tangible way for people to, 
it's a it's a process more I know it's more systematic but I think it's a helpful tool for people to think through as they're trying to figure out how to navigate through starting their prayer lives yeah and that's so important because I've never done that yeah like that and, and like you're saying it's, it's different for everybody but it's, but it's perfect because it's it's led you into prayer and prayer is more about how we become like Jesus yep. than it is about the well, did I do this or did I do that? And because because I am, like I'm a person who loves structure, and right. so I struggled with prayer because I was like, where do I start? Where do I go? Yeah. And so for me, it's all right. I'm starting here, then here, I'm, and I'm working my way out, and it's a Beautiful. great profit, process that works. I for think me. reading about prayer as well is super important. Like the prayer is, Christians have been writing about prayer forever. Yeah. So if you need to like dive into some more systematic stuff, there's stuff out there for that. If you want to dive into, okay, I need to understand more of the like mystical, spiritual side of prayer, there's stuff out there for that. And all of it's, theolo- like, not all of it, but some of it's theologically sound. Yeah. Like, we've got resources out there. Mm-hmm. You could you could devote your whole life to just becoming yeah. a person of prayer and you'd yeah. never run out of ways to learn. And that's beautiful. I and I, I think a thing that we can't miss in this conversation is, is it's done in community as well. 100%. I think even conversations like this are helpful because uh, well, this isn't just a conversation we're having today. This is a conversation we have in life. We yep. have it in our homes. We're continually growing and learning together in our, in our life of following Jesus in community. That's why it's so important to be in rally groups and in homes and in life-giving community, having conversations together. And so I think another thing that we just have to remind people, we do not pray out of quote-unquote religious duty. This, right. this is love. This is devotion. I love yeah. you, Jesus. I want to grow in, in my prayer life with you. And so I, I want. I, we're about to bring, bring our time to a close, but something I don't want to miss is, is that my heart for rally is that we would be known as a people collectively who pray. Right. And I want us to stir one another on to pray. And so I want you guys to give any final encouragements to cities all across the state and even people listening to this in, di- in different countries. What will it look like when we become people who pray? Yeah. Man, I just, I, Hebrews 11 begins with talking about faith. It's the substance of things not seen. It's, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Like, you have to reckon with, like, I'm going to believe. And I'm going to ask God to give me faith if I haven't got it. And I think when we have faith, Hebrews 11 then lists out this whole realms of people who shut the mouths of lions and who believed God even though things were impossible and who walked through this and who gave their lives and died believing in God for something and that was still rewarded. And I just think there's something about saying, I'm going to put it all on the table I'm going to believe God, even if no one else does, even if my context hasn't discipled me to do that, I'm going to be about God. And even if I die still waiting for an unfulfilled prayer, because that's a huge part of prayer, I'm still going to go down with faith. I'm going to be about God. I'm going to be about intimacy with Him, pursuing His presence, like giving myself to Him. There's no limit with what God does with our lives if we want to do that. That's great. And man, like what you said about you want young adults to, and not to be a duty, but a delight. And I think with that, my encouragement and hope for young adults is that, man, that prayer would never be void of awe and wonder. Mm. Because it's like, we get invited into the throne room. Yep. And, and if young adults felt the weight of man, I get to be face-to-face with Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where awe and wonder is, is stirred and where it goes from duty to delight of like, wow, I get to... He invites me to the throne room to, to be with Him and commune with Him and, yeah. and talk with Him. The same presence that raised Jesus from the dead, the same presence that, you know, people would, people would die in His presence because He's a holy God, right. right? And it's like that same presence is, is inviting you to, to be face-to-face with right. Him. And man, I, I think that is what will create... Um, an awe and wonder in young adults. That's awesome. And I, I just, 
I, something God has been speaking to me so much in this season is sowing in secret. What, what are you doing with, with God? Are you wrestling with God? And also in community, I was talking with a bunch of freshmen yesterday and, and they're getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning to pray together as brothers and praying for their city and saying, God will move. I'm talking to a friend who's walking downtown at 5 a.m. to That's go amazing. wrestle. And it's not necessarily that we have to wake up early and do all these things, but there's something special about what we're sowing in secret and saying, God, I want to meet with you. I want to pray over my city. I want to pray over my friends. I want to pray over my, my colleges. So, I'm and God's going to honor that. He that, is. Right? And <laughs> he, he truly will. And, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for this conversation today. And Finn, I just want to leave you with any final thoughts, any last burning things you want to say to young adults. The mic is yours. And after that, I'd love you to pray for us and we'll, we'll wrap our time up. Yeah. If you want to live a life that matters, giving yourself to prayer is the most excellent way. Like, it's the thing you can do. And so I just want to just, I'm going to read this and I'm going to start praying for you. But I believe that God will give you a spirit of prayer. That he will birth in your heart, will birth in your ministry, a, a prayerfulness that is the key to power, that's the key to the supernatural, that's the key to transformation, that's the key to revival. So let me pray this. This is Ephesians 1. And I'm praying this for you, Rally. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that when he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, seated him in the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. So Father, I pray for rally students right now, young adults, that they would be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, thank you that it's your plan and your delight to give it. So Jesus, I pray you would open eyes, you would fill hearts. God, give us a hunger and a desire for you. And God, give us the strength and the tenacity and the willingness and the humility to begin a life of prayer. Mm. God, bless this ministry. Release it, your spirit through this conversation, this time together, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing.